Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. I'm the co-host of the program. Charlie's not here because this is a Dumb Bleep Recap episode. That's right. You know it. Every single week, we bring in, I don't know, maybe 10 of the dumbest things that happened that week. And then the people in the live group who joined up via joingml Dot com, they get to vote on what the dumbest thing is. And then at the end of the year, we bring it all together, tournament style, to decide what the dumbest thing said was in the entire year. It is a big deal, and it is always a very popular episode. So what we're going to do in this episode, and many more like it, we are going to play you the time that we spent talking about this on the Dumb Leap episode. And this is going to be broken down. These episodes are going to be broken down by month. Once we decide what the winner per month is, there will not be a winner decided in this recap episode. All of that voting will take place in our private Discord server, which you can get to by going to joingml.com. We will decide what the winner of the month is. Then we will divide those by quarter. The winner of Q1, 2, 3, and 4. We'll go together in the final four to decide what the dumb bleep of the year is. Coming up on December 30th, I believe. It'll be next Friday. So enjoy listening to the recap. It's always fun to go back and see how we were talking about specific things almost a year ago. And remember some of the dumb that occurred. Have fun. <laughs> Charlie, go ahead. Uh, you showed this to me the other day. And man, is it just good. Yeah, so Dumb Bleep number five is about abortion. And uh, what I really hate in this whole discussion is all the straw mans that have nothing to do with the actual debate of abortion whatsoever. So uh, this person tweets, Leela Cohen tweets. It's a pretty big tweet, by the way. It had a, about 104,000 retweets when I screenshotted this this morning, 442,000 likes. If it was about babies, we'd have excellent and free universal maternal care. You wouldn't be charged a cent to give birth, no matter how complicated your delivery was. If it was about babies, we'd have months and months of paternal leave for everyone. Yep. So that's, yeah. So if you are in fan, if you are on the pro-life side, let's say, like you think a fetus is a human being and you think that abortion is murder, you also have to make sure that you support universal health care, maternal care, uh, birth. You have to subsidize birth, and then you also have to uh, make sure that no one who's a parent has to work for months and that the economy will just keep chugging along. Yeah, I've got. There's actually some more associated with this that I wanted to make sure I actually uh, forgot to put the rest of it in there. 
So let's look a little bit more of it uh, because she did continue here. If, what do we got? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. If it was about babies, IVF and adoption wouldn't just be for folks with thousands and thousands of dollars to spend on expanding their families. If it's not about babies, it's about punishing women and all people with uteruses and controlling our bodies. There you go. It's about punishing women and people with uteruses and controlling our bodies. Just to be clear, what's actually going on right here, that's what's happening. So, yeah, make sure we include yeah. people with uteruses that aren't women. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it makes complete and total sense. Yeah. So, I don't like the economic arguments for the abortion debate, by the way. I think it's a way to get away from arguing whether or not it's okay to terminate a human life, you know, to kill it. I think that we could talk about rights and we could talk about whether or not it's okay for people to be allowed to do this and have the discussion based on that. But what people a lot of times want to go to is, well, what these kids are going to grow up poor or whatever. They're going to end up having to be adopted, and that's terrible. Remember that video from the girl that was adopted talking about how she wished she would have been aborted? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm Easy sorry. for you to say? Listen, don't. no one take heed of this advice. Okay, but if you're literally like right here, I was adopted and I wish I would have been aborted instead. There's still time to solve the problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's a stupid yeah. argument. That's right. the point. That's a really stupid argument. Obviously, you're picking the idea that it's better for you to be here than to not be here or you would find a way to not be here anymore. You wouldn't so, have been able to say that stupid thing. So don't make dumb arguments. Yeah. Just make better arguments right. and you won't have to have me say stuff like that. Okay. Well, and that it, like, look, all of these economic debates can be solved. I'd looked at the actual numbers. There's roughly 400,000 kids in uh, foster care in America in foster care orphanages that need to be adopted. And at any given time, so there's always about a cycle of a million families trying to adopt. So that's a l little over two to one, by the way, on how many kids need to be adopted versus how many people are trying to adopt. I've seen that up to 3 million before. I've, I have seen yeah. up to 3 million too, but I looked at the numbers uh, recently yesterday just to see. And I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, have you adopted? I'm like, well, not yet, but like, like I hope to one day, but that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what the debate is. There are people that want to adopt right now, but it's really hard to do. Yeah, whether or not I want to adopt doesn't matter. Like that's completely... <clears throat> Like, it's a complete straw man to the argument of what abortion actually is. And then not only that, these same folks who just a couple weeks ago, like, literally couldn't tell you what a woman is because of biology, are now arguing for women's rights. And then you have idiots like this, Leela, to make sure they include other people with uteruses, as if anyone else besides a woman has a uterus. Yeah. The other part of this tweet that's just a little bit concerning is like, well, if it were about kids, I mean, you would pay for all, you would pay for everything for my kids if you cared about that. And you know what? If you're not going to pay for everything for my kids, I should be able to kill it. There you go. Problem solved. It's just a, it's just overall about it. I don't like any of the economic sides of this argument. So let's, uh, let's go well, through a little bit Because then you can transition that into, you know, infants or whatever. It's like, okay, at what point can we stop killing kids? Yeah. You know, like what point does it end there? It's just a bad argument and it has no bearing. You know what? I'm just like, I'm so tired of being asked these questions as if it's somehow going to change 
anything about the actual argument, which is whether or not a fetus is a human life. That's, that's really it. That's the only debate. Are there rights that need to be p- yeah. protected? And for I'm both not parties? saying that I know the answer. I know what I believe. Like the question is, when does that feet? When does a fetus gain the same natural rights that Joseph R. Biden talked about? That are natural, inherent, and given from God. I don't know. You want to know the concerning answer to that? We're never going to know. We'll never know. We're never going to mm-hmm. solve the problem. I'm sorry to everyone. And There's know, a lot of problems that have clear solutions. This one does not. And to me, like my personal beliefs, and I'm going to, I'm probably going to get roasted for saying this. My personal beliefs is this is the modern day Holocaust. We have classified a human being in a certain uh, classification where that we can justify killing them for whatever reason we see fit, you know? And it's the same thing that they did in all the different atrocities throughout, uh, in, in communist Russia, in Germany and Nazism, everything that they did to separate those people to justify and say it was okay to kill them is what they're doing. And we've now killed, I think over a hundred million babies that we would have had yeah that would have been really expensive to have all those babies the uh another one attached to the abortion conversation representative eric fartwell is what he's known as in my mind because he did in fact fart on live tv which is fine listen we all do it okay just not on live tv eric swalwell the republicans won't stop with banning abortion they want to ban interracial marriage do you want to save that? Well, then you should probably vote. They're coming for your marriages next. That's the next thing that they're going to do. And for your birth control. And for everything. Okay. And so now we're going to play a video from Biden where he possibly alludes to a few more of these crazy things. Give me one second here. We played part of this video yesterday, and now we're going to pick up and see what else he had to say afterwards. About uh, Griswold versus Connecticut. There's been a loss was thought to be a bad decision by Bork on the Supreme Court now. What happens if you have a state changes the law saying that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history. In recent American history. Okay, just adding in a few more crazy ideas. So, a couple things. The other thing they're going to do, first off, they're going to ban interracial marriages. They're going to take LGBTQ plus IA kids, IA plus kids out of schools. And got to get in there that the MAGA crowd is the most extreme political organization in American history. He then clarifies in recent American history. And... That's a very subjective, uh, arbitrary term. He could just pull whatever date that he well, wants to. These are just domestic terrorists, Nate. It was the most extreme organization that existed on January 6th, specifically. We know that. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, there's been some other organizations that were kind of that were kind of crazy, just so everyone knows. You can look them up. Yeah, I think maybe the KKK is one of them. Oof, yeah. You know, I don't know if the MAGA people are... Worse than the K, they probably are worse than the KKK, you know. Well, in modern day America, definitely. Right. So, 
this idea, the way that all these people are coming up with this is they're deciding that you no longer have a right to privacy. And I love hearing all these people from the government talk about how the Supreme Court is going after your right to privacy. Because if anyone cares the most about your right to privacy, it's people inside of the U.S. government. They're very concerned, very concerned about that. And that is not what's going to be protecting people's interracial marriages or anything else like that, that's going to be the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protections Clause, okay? Here's a difference. If you allow uh, marriages between two white people, uh, then you would then also have to allow marriages between a white and a black person, okay? This is not the case with abortion where you're saying, well, we allow abortions for men. We got to allow them for women. Right. Also, it's not the that's not the case because now, as of, as of this week, men don't have abortions. Only women have abortions. Okay, and so they can't. They're only arguing on one side, which is the privacy. And they say, well, that's going to take down everything. But that's not the basis of all of those other decisions. It's actually just the equal protections clause. And equal protections doesn't apply in this case because this is a completely different situation that is not allowed for one group and allowed for another. Right. So that is not the situation that we're in right now. And then, I, like, what if that fetus was gay? You know? <laughs> I don't know. What if it was a What if it was a minority? You're just trying to save uh, gay, yeah, minorities. You have no idea. And the one that I talk about all the time too, or the one that that I feel like is hard to argue out of, is like, what if that? Why are you not fighting for the female rights of that female fetus? Doesn't well. Like, because if it's female, it has a uterus too. And so like, you know, how can you justify, can we kill them before the uterus develops? I know that you're trying to throw all this stuff out, but it's clear that you just want to control women's bodies. And that's really all I'm hearing right now. Well, the people with uteruses bodies. Yes. Uh, clearly. As we'll a, edit that out. As a non-uterus holding white man. Yeah. You basically can't speak. That's all I want to do. Yeah. Clearly. Okay. So one more we got a couple more things. We're still on abortion right now. This is still dumb bleep number five that we are inside of. We have two more dumb bleeps, but they've only got one thing associated with each one of them. All right, this coming from Kasim Rashid. He says, the way I see it, the Democrats controlling the Senate have three options. Abolish the filibuster and expand SCOTUS to 13. Abolish the filibuster and pass the Women's Health Protection Act, which is the most offensive act I think I've ever seen. Now, or protect the filibuster and abolish democracy. It's that stark, the filibuster or our democracy. That's it. That's it. I love how they talk about things that's actually like what they're doing, and it, but they blame it on the other side. Like th this is like, at this point, I think I've gone from like, I can't believe this is happening to like, this is so funny that it's happening. Yeah. I've passed that to like, what the hell is actually going on at this point? Like, I feel this like can't be like, I feel like I'm in a dream. I feel like I'm at a mental institution watching people through the glass right now. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. When but like, when you I'm on can Twitter. actually like go through the glass and you can mingle. Yeah. Uh, but when I mingle with them in person, they're actually pretty normal. It's just when right. you give the mental patients phones, that's where everything <laughs> goes downhill. The phones are the problem. Okay? Case in point, Trump. Twitter is the problem. That's why we need to uh, control it. Exactly. All right, so that's from, by the way, it's a bad idea to expand the court because then you know what's going to happen next time your guy's not in control? Just expand They're it just again. Just expand the court. Okay? And eventually the court's going to be bigger than the <laughs> in Congress. <laughs> you know? And then we'll just 10, have a 000. large group of people that were appointed by whatever whoever the president was voting on every single issue and they're going to control everything. 
You have like 10,000 Supreme Court justices. It's a terrible <laughs> precedent to set. That's so okay. Funny. All right. One more thing on abortion. This one was quickly deleted, but thank you to whoever it was in the private group for finding this and sending it over. This is from Amanda Duarte. I don't know who that is. I don't either. Blue check mark, though. She has a blue check mark. I do wonder how these white supremacist lawmakers would feel if their little white daughters were raped and impregnated by a black man. What? You want to outlaw abortion? Just wait until your kid gets raped by a black guy. <laughs> Wouldn't a, you want to kill that black kid? It's an awesome take. Yeah. Awesome take. One, you're insinuating yes, what Charlie just said. Two, the first person I could think of was that a black guy was going to do it. That's great. It's, that is why this was deleted uh, when it only had 27 retweets. So that's pretty good. Oop, that thought slipped out. Pretty good stuff. I hate it when that happens. What do they call that? A Freudian slip? Just a little bit of a Freudian Oops. slip, I guess. Okay, I'm very... So, but by the way, though, that tells you the real agenda. I mean, <laughs> like... Well, that let your racism accidentally slip out a little yeah. bit. That's you know, I hate it when that happens. I'm also tired of the whole rape and incest argument. It's like, you know, no one is no one really argues that point. It's almost and none. One percent, and less than one percent of all abortions. It's almost none of them. It's almost like when you talk about taxes and people mention like roads and firefighters. Where they and bring stuff. up the eptoptic pregnancies, which is basically a pregnancy in your fallopian tube that doesn't make it to the uterus very dangerous almost no one wants to ban that either i'm against those yeah yeah i'm gonna like, no one wants to ban the fact that you need to remove uh an improper pregnancy by the way like when it comes to women's health like the actual like safety of the mother rape and incest like all the all the minority cases that they throw out that we have to protect all of them Almost no one wants to ban those. There are Not, some states that do want to still Some ban states, all yes, yeah. that are confused, but I would argue that you should fight that in that state. That's like Alabama and Mississippi. So like two states. Yeah. So two of them. And we all know what goes on in Alabama and Mississippi, you know. Uh, too many abortions. Yeah. Apparently. So other than that, like no one else is like wants to. So I like I want to talk about like if we're going to have the conversation and the debate, like let's talk about the actual debate. Not all of these other pieces that you're throwing out there they're never good for it alabama did amanda i know alabama did pass a state law recently that was encompassed with their heartbeat bill that wouldn't even allow you to terminate a pregnancy if the mother was on life support so I that, saw, that wasn't good i saw one for sure that was very extreme it was alabama i'm pretty was sure it? it was alabama okay. So I looked into that one. It was pretty like ignorant on the politicians' part, which is why, again, I don't even think that we should decide this at a government level. Like, I want to convince people that abortion is bad at like a philosophical and like human emotion level. Like, you know, like I understand that this child is really inconvenient, but like he or she deserves a chance because they're like, why do you get to decide? what they grow up to be, you know, they could be the next, whatever they could solve all the world's problems. Be the next Elon Musk. They could be the next you know? Musk. They could be the next president, not the next president, but they could be a president. <laughs> like they could go on to create amazing things and amazing memories and families of their own. Who knows? They could be a bum. <laughs> Who knows? Number nine, <clears throat> the president, former Barack Obama, as we grieve 
This is on May 25th. This right here is on May 25th. As we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd. <clears throat> Sorry about my throat here today. It's getting pretty bad. We should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd. Under the knee of a police officer, his killing stays with us all to this day, especially those who loved him. I know that the news is dominated right now by stories of these 19 little children that were gunned down by a crazy person. The teachers, of course, as well. I know that the news, that this is going to be the dominant news cycle today. But we all have to make sure that we remember George Floyd, who died two years ago today. You have to. This is important. This is very important. It's one of... Uh, the it's one of the worst tweets I've seen him throw out. And like jokingly, when I found out it was also the anniversary of the George Floyd thing, jokingly, I had this idea in my head. I was like, well, hey, you know, let's take some time to remember George Floyd today. I didn't think that all the way to the level of Barack Obama, that idea would happen and he would actually think it was a good idea. And then he would connect several other tweets to it as well and still think it was a good idea, and leave it up there? Idea. We just had almost 20 kids killed by a crazy person. All right? George Floyd, for his family, for a lot of people, I don't like it when people die. Okay, that's sad. It was two years ago. We don't need to make sure that people remember Black Lives Matter today. We don't. It's a disgusting tweet from Barack Obama for Dumbleep. Number nine. He gave a speech. Now, to start with, number one, dumb bleep. Who thought it was a great idea for the backdrop giving this speech to say lowering costs, tackling inflation, lowering costs? <laughs> really? Someone thought that was a good idea? It's a joke, right? This is just a bunch of crazy propaganda manipulation hypnotizing for you one-on-one -on -one, you're watching him as you're surrounded by what everything that he's yeah. doing surprised they didn't put a halo up there above his head he's lowering costs and tackling inflation has to be so when you think about him that's what you think about lowering costs and tackling inflation we look at the economy today it's clear we've made enormous strides and uh, our plans and our policies have produced uh, the strongest job creation economy in modern times in addition, 8.3 million jobs in my first 15 months in office at a record. Unemployment rates were down to 3.6%, the fastest decline in unemployment to, uh, to start a presidential term you know, ever recorded. And uh, in addition, Americans uh, have applied to start uh, 5.4 million new small businesses last year, 20% more than any other year on record. I want, uh, I want every American okay. to know. So that one, I did have to look that up. 5.4 million new businesses last year. It's like most, 20% more than a year on record. Also in 2020, we lost 10 million small businesses at least. Okay, those were the most common numbers. Yeah, after you forced everyone out of their job yeah. and closed a bunch of businesses yeah. down. 
So these new small businesses, or are we just getting back half of the ones that we destroyed during the pandemic? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's an important question. And I'm taking inflation uh, very seriously, and it's my top domestic priority. I want us to be crystal clear about the problem. There are two leading causes of inflation we're seeing today. The first cause of inflation is a once-in-a-century pandemic. Not only did it shut down our global economy, it threw the supply chains and demand completely out of whack. And this year we have a second cause. A second- I don't know if you know this, but then the scientists warned about this when they were first studying COVID <clears throat> after they created it. They were uh, looking through and they're like, you know, this does have a pretty low mortality rate, but we've seen, th- look at this strain, look at the, sir, could you come over and look in this microscope real quick? Look in here, you see that little spike right there? That is the one uh, that destroys the economy. That's specifically the supply chain. Yeah, it attaches itself onto the supply chain. Yeah. <laughs> and it destroys the supply chain. Yeah. So, it, you That's know. That's not a protein spike. Very dangerous. That, and they, sh- you know, and I w- if the supply chain wasn't so damn anti-vax, then it could have prevented COVID from infecting its supply chain and taking mm-hmm. it down. But, you know, what are you going to do, you know? Because. <laughs> Mr. Putin's war in Ukraine. You saw, we saw in March that 60% of inflation that month was due to price increases at the pump. Putin's war has raised food prices as well because Ukraine and Russia, two of the world's major breadbaskets for wheat and corn, are essentially completely stalled. Ukraine has 20, 20 million tons of grain in storage and silos right now. We're trying to figure out how to get out of the country to market, which would reduce prices around the world. Normally, normally we'd have already begun to export them into the market. So we're working with our European partners to get this food out into the world so they could help bring down prices. Now, that's a weird one right there. Never heard this before. He's saying that if you were to increase the supply, that the prices would go down. Mm. That's weird. Now, what I would say that he should do is just set a cap on the price of wheat and corn you know rather than trying to increase the supply yeah i don't know why they're trying learned that supply and demand doesn't really an effect anymore about price gouging and price control it's you know and my family's part of it they're uh they're price gouging everyone with the price that they're selling their uh, wheat and corn for and the commodities market the futures markets i mean my dad's uh and my brother they've sold futures contracts on their corn and their wheat and everything and they're and that's because of trump uh, because of those uh, commodities. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm pretty pissed that the House of Representatives is not working on the Consumer Wheat and Corn Price Gouging Prevention Act. If they just had that, the problem would be solved, and we probably wouldn't even need Biden to give this whole speech. And now, <laughs> yeah, we've got plenty more stuff to uh, to go through, but he listed out two causes of inflation. Number one, was the coronavirus. We talked about what the uh, scientists said about that. Number two was Putin's war. I can't think of anything else. Honestly. Pandemic and Putin. As Milton Friedman used to say. It's the two P's of inflation. (laughs) Friedman used to say. Putin pandemic. Exactly. As Friedman used to say, inflation is always a coronavirus phenomenon. (laughs) You know, that's what he's always said. Yeah. So Americans have two potential paths forward. The first is my plan, the Democratic plan. Plan put forward by Congressional Republicans is a second alternative. 
My plan is to lower employer and lower day costs for hardworking Americans and lower the deficit by asking large corporations and the wealthiest Americans to not engage in price gouging and to pay their fair share in taxes. The Republican plan is to increase taxes on the middle class families, let billionaires and large companies off the hook as they raise profits and raise prices and reap profits in record number, record amounts. And it's really that simple. Let me start with the Putin price hike. All right, it's that simple. It is that simple. He wants to lower prices by making sure that corporations pay their fair share and that corporations are not price gouging. Now, a few seconds ago, I cut out some mumbling and stuff in between. And I left a proper amount of mumbling, don't worry. But uh, I cut out a little bit in between. You know, first thing, we got to make sure we increase the supply because that's causing prices to go up a bunch. Second thing, we got to make sure uh, that we get rid of all the price gouging because this is purely just corporations raising their prices for no reason. All of this in the same speech. And then also what he just said, which is going to become very important here in a bit, his plans, of course, going to lower prices for everyone. The Republican plan, what they want to do is raise taxes on poor people and working people, which I didn't realize was part of their plan. So I had to look it up and we'll talk about it here in a little bit. My plan is already in motion. I led the world and... Ain't that the truth? His plan's already in motion. ...other countries to be joined with us to coordinate the largest release of oil from our stockpiles of all the countries in history. 240 million barrels to boost global supply. Here at home, U.S. oil and gas production is approaching record levels. Mm -hmm. In fact, we produced more oil domestically in my first year in office than my predecessor did in his first year. He said this a bunch. I produced more oil in my first year in office than my predecessor did in his first year. Oh, I miss him. Oh, isn't that weird? It's almost like in your predecessor's first year, he came into the policies of his predecessor and how much drilling they were doing. And then when, he, when Biden came into office, he came in under the drilling policies of his predecessor. I feel like it's important, but I don't know. But well, and then you can take the victory of the, yeah. of the predecessor and, by, and the blame on your predecessor for the things that don't work out for you. By the way, Amanda's cracking me up with the tie thing. Just so everyone knows, he's wearing a terrible tie for camera, okay? You're not supposed to wear really tight patterns on cameras, okay? No, no dotted patterns, nothing real tight like that. Cameras don't like it, all right? So I just want to let everyone know that's watching. Imagine a really terrible tie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That if we pass the investments I'm talking about, we'll immediately lower families' utility bills by as much as $500 a year, according to their one estimate. That's by the way, they're going to make their homes more secure in terms of heat not getting out and air conditioning not escaping because they have good insulation. The next by the pass the investment. <laughs> he says that his plan is going to lower prices. That's according to one estimate. <laughs> I got to listen to him talk about why again real quick. That's I'm talking about. We'll immediately lower families' utility bills by as much as $500 a year, according to their one estimate. That's by the way, they're going to make their homes more secure in terms of heat not getting out and air conditioning not escaping because they have good insulation. <laughs> The next thing is let's compare our plans when it comes to lowering everything. My plan is to make concrete, common sense steps to bring down the biggest expenses that families are facing. 
Let's take drug prices. My plan will let Medicare negotiate prices for prescription drugs, like they do with the uh, with the Department of uh, uh, with the military, as it relates to what the administration is able to negotiate for prices for military. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about right there. He's either talking about how they negotiate prices for uh, military contracts for like ships and planes and stuff, or he's talking about the VA. Neither one of those are an example that you should be using. No, or Medicare. Or Medi- any of them. Yeah, contract negotiations. What, which one of those would be a good example? You know, we can do it like we contract for uh, so for the, the department of uh, for the military. I don't know which department has the military really at all, but they report to me. I'm their superior, but the, I don't remember. It's the Department of Offense for sure. <laughs> And uh, and yeah, neither we one got of those. Department of Offense, Department of Defense, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna send one of them in. So I'm gonna send my defensive coordinator in there and <laughs> go negotiate prices. Department and of, home run uh, uh, with the military as it relates to what the administration is able to negotiate for prices for military. And I, I also call for a cap on the price of insulin at $35 a month instead of the average price of about $640 a month. And that's in addition to the work my administration has already done to lower prices. <laughs> done a lot of good stuff to lower prices. Let me tell you what. Yeah. Not supply. What he was doing. He was no. certain things. <laughs> These things need caps. I'm, before, we need to just like so you have to rely on my administration to decide when supply is necessary and when caps are necessary. <laughs> the Ministry of Supply and Demand. The, exactly. They're the ones that come in and decide this. No, the Ministry of Supply and Caps. <laughs> Not, caps. There's no demand, Nate. The, supply okay. or caps. The Ministry of Caps and Stimulus mm-hmm. is what it is. Okay, what did he just say? Insulin prices thirty five instead of the six hundred forty two dollars of the on average right now. Okay. They're not actually capping the cost of insulin, just so everyone knows the cost. still going to be whatever the cost is. The difference is they're going to force your insurance company to cover all of it, and your out-of-pocket cost, the cap would be $35. So what that will equal, clearly, now I'm just, okay, fine, I'll speculate and be a conspiracy theorist here because we've never seen this before, higher insurance prices. That's what you're going to get right there. If people are paying that out of pocket, you're going to cap it at 35. They're going to get that money out of the premiums on your insurance. And all that does is spiral up the cost of insurance and make more people in favor of Medicare for all. But I don't know. I'm just a podcast co-host, okay? Another problem we face is in some industries, it's just there isn't enough competition. And I've often said that capitalism without competition isn't capitalism, it's exploitation. So we're promoting competition for everything from uh, internet services to meat processing. When there's no competition, they can set the price higher and higher. So we're helping smaller companies get into the game to compete and help bring down the overall prices. Okay. Weird. Competition is very important in capitalism. Yeah. It is. I actually don't, I didn't really disagree with any of that. Except for one, okay, so the principle he lays out is that more competition equals lower prices. Okay, here's the problem. They're going to help other businesses get in there and compete. They're going to subsidize. Okay. That's, yeah, I, yeah that and, is a problem. And how are they going to do that? They're going to give those people money to try and get in there and compete. Whose money are they going to give them? Yours. Your money 
And it's in an effort to lower prices for you because you're paying probably about 1% too much on whatever your insurance is or your uh, internet service provider is charging you. And so we're going to put uh, several billion dollars into creating more competition of your money. You'll pay for that, but you might have more competition and it'll look like we did something. Yeah. Genius. It's like, dude, if you give me $100 a month, I'll give you Netflix for free. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah, who do doesn't that. want free Netflix? I, listen, why wouldn't you want? Who want Netflix is free. You pay Amazon hundred and forty bucks a year, and they give you free shipping. Can't argue with that. Can't. <laughs> what's the Congressional Republican plan? They don't want to solve inflation by lowering your costs. They want to solve it by raising your taxes and lowering your income. I happen to think it's a good thing when American families have a little more money in their pockets at the end of the month. Wait, Pause. Except I thought the New York <laughs> Times told us that tax breaks would increase the rampant inflation. So why would we want to give people more money in their pocket? I'm not confused. <laughs> or No, they're, I'm confused. No, I don't know what it is, actually. You don't even know whether or not you're confused. My confusion meter is broken. Let's be clear. We have no idea. <laughs> okay. Do we trust Biden or the New York Times? I don't know. But the New York Times, they were just quoting someone from the Obama administration. This is a good one <laughs> for that Biden, Biden was... <laughs> yes. They were. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good one for that meme where you don't know which button to press. Yeah. Like, <laughs> keep, put, keep more money in the pockets of families or... Tax breaks will cause inflation. They don't know which one. It depends on who you're talking to. The Republicans in Congress don't seem to think so. Their plan has actually made working families, it's going to make working families poor. You don't have to take my word for it. It's in writing. They've made their intentions perfectly clear. Senator Rick Scott, Wisconsin, a member of the Senate Republican leadership, laid it all out in a plan. It's the ultra-MAGA agenda. Their plan is to raise taxes, on 75 million American families, over 95% of whom make less than $100,000 a year, total income. The average tax increase would be about $1,500 per family. Pause. I thought we were against tax cuts. So why wouldn't the Democrats be praising a tax increase from the Republicans? Finally, the Republicans have joined us in raising taxes. But you got to lower taxes for your voting base. That's the problem. And this Republican tax plan, this widespread adopted insane Republican tax plan, ultra MAGA tax plan, would, would raise taxes for everyone. By the way, we'll talk about the plan here in a minute. It wouldn't raise, it's not going to touch the tax rate. It would actually just require that you, uh, basically it would take away people getting the child tax credit and actually receiving money at the end of the year from the government. It requires that everyone pays at least $1 in taxes. So what people don't get paid out by the government through the child tax credit, they are counting as raising your taxes in this conversation at the moment. Okay. But that's not even the whole part of the story. I proposed a minimum tax for billionaires. In recent years, the average billionaire has paid about 8% in federal taxes. Congressional Republicans have proposed increasing taxes on teachers and firefighters. 55 That's what it was, by the way. The billionaires, they paid 8%. The Congressional Republicans, 
they have thrown out a proposal to increase taxes on teachers and firefighters. It's called the it's called the uh, fuck teachers and firefighters bill. That's actually what it was called, <laughs> and they threw that out there the other day. The official name. Yeah. Five percent of the largest corporations paid net zero in federal taxes in 2020 on 40 million dollars profits. It just isn't right. That's why I proposed the minimum tax for corporations. Think about it. Republicans in Congress are so deeply committed to protecting big corporations and CEOs that they'd rather see taxes on working American families and try to depress their wages to take on inflation. You want to bring down inflation? Let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share. My plan, ask those companies to pay their fair share in taxes. It's like he's running for president again. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Vote oh, for me, because my plan does this. That is a lot what it sounds like. It says you want to bring down inflation. We need to raise taxes on the people that you get every single thing from. That is how we bring down inflation. That will lower prices. Boom. For sure. Nailed it. You want your prices to go down, we are going to raise expenses on the people who provide every single thing that you use on a daily basis. God. That is my plan. Personal Republican plan? Let them off scot-free. And if you weren't extreme enough in the Congressional Republican agenda, they put it in writing. It also calls on Congress to put special, excuse me, put Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid on the chopping block every five years. Now, if I hadn't seen it in writing, I think somebody's making this up. Their proposal is every five years, all those programs would cease unless they're re-voted. That the Congress comes along and says, yeah, we want to keep these plans, affirmatively voting for them. Well, imagine the changes are going to take place then, man. Imagine all the bargaining that's going to take place. You Democrats want to maintain Social Security, you got to give up such and such. Republicans kind of want to, and Congress want to make Medicare's very existence <laughs> up for vote. You Democrats want to maintain Social Security, you got to give up such and such. Now, the plan, which we'll talk about here in a second, it puts Medicare and Social Security on the chopping It sunsets it. Every five years, they got to vote on it again. It says, imagine the changes. Imagine the changes that would take place then, you know? Every time you want to re-up Medicare and Social Security, they got to say, oh, you got to give up this thing. I don't... Actually, that does kind of sound like a good plan to me. <laughs> but it Sounds like a great plan. Yeah, that does sound like a plan. All right, let's hear some more. Republicans kind of want to make, and Congress want to make Medicare's very existence up for vote over and over again. How well are we going to sleep at night knowing that every five years, MAGA Republicans, if they're still the Republican, this, as I said, this is not your father's Republican Party, if we're going to have to vote on whether you will have Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and what amounts you'll have in each of those programs. I can't believe that the majority of Republicans buy on to Scott's plan. But that's a plan in writing. He's in the leadership. Well, there's a reason why, Biden. We don't have any money. Yeah. Now, he just said, I can't believe. Now, whatever. Here's one thing I'm going to do. I always do the diction thing, a captioning thing for the videos. I'm going to leave whatever the thing ends up captioning on there. Because <laughs> uh, I can't believe is the majority of Republicans buy on to Scott's plan. <laughs> I think it's going to be great. I'm going to go with whatever it says. 
Earlier, he said, imagine all the bargaining that's going to take place. But it sounded like he said, imagine all the blogging that's going to take place. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just going to go with it, whatever it comes out with. Okay, so the majority of Republicans, that's an important thing to remember, too. Let's compare our two plans when it comes to the deficit. Republicans love to attack me as a big spender, as if that's the reason why inflation's gone. Let's compare the facts. Under my predecessor, the deficit exploded. Under my plan, we're on track to cut the federal deficit by $1.5 trillion this year. Let me say it again, $1.5 trillion by the end of this fiscal year. The biggest one-year decline in all of history. Now, because it was the biggest deficit in history. Doesn't that just sound like when you hear that? Doesn't that just sound crazy? One point five trillion dollar cut. Wow, that is. How is that even possible? Wow, it's almost like we had a a, a two point two trillion dollar bill that went through that they paid for and dished it all out really quickly. And then he, by the way, wanted to do a three trillion dollar bill and. Didn't survive, didn't make it. They broke it up into a couple other ones. They got a $1.9 trillion bill that people won't vote for. And since they won't vote for it, I'll get, I'll hand it to them. They're being smart. Now they're talking about how they're lowering the deficit. Okay. They've taken something where they couldn't get a bill passed that was going to be almost as much as the original COVID stimulus. They couldn't get it passed. And so now they're talking about how much they've reduced the deficit since the bill wasn't able to get passed. It's amazing. It's so... And also, I love how you can blame everything on the pandemic, except for this. No, that's true. Like, they literally, the supply chain, inflation, Putin, everything, it's all pandemic's fault, except... The deficit. The deficit. Under Trump. Under Trump, yeah. No, that's not because of the coronavirus pandemic. Exactly, no. No. Congress didn't pass the, what was the name of the bill? Coronavirus relief aid or what? I don't remember what remember what it was. I don't know. Oh. All right, we got uh, a minute left in the video. That's in addition to last year, we cut the budget $350 billion. The deficit, not the budget, the deficit, $350 billion. Because reducing the deficit is one of the main ways we can ease inflationary pressures. Okay, hold on. Did you hear what he just said, Charlie? No, I missed it. Reducing the deficit is one of the main ways that we can ease inflationary pressures. What does that mean? Does that mean that more government spending of money that we don't have leads to inflation? I mean, Not the budget, the deficit, $350 billion. Because reducing the deficit is one of the main ways we can ease inflationary pressures. Americans have a choice. I don't think he was supposed to admit that. Between two paths. My plan attacks inflation and grows the economy. The other path is the ultra-mega plan to raise taxes on working families, lower the income of American workers, threaten sacred programs Americans count on like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and give break after break to big corporations and billionaires, just like they did the last time they were in power, when their top priority was the reckless $2 trillion tax cut which ballooned the deficit and not a penny of it was paid for. Look, I know you gotta be frustrated. I know. I can taste it. 
I can taste it. I can... Hold so on one more time. If it was paid for. Look, I know you got to be frustrated. I know. I can taste it. <laughs> that the, was that the end? <laughs> yeah. I just had to leave that part uh, in there. Oh, man, that's good. I can taste it. I can taste it. This <laughs> face, dude. <laughs> I can taste it. His eyes got wide. Okay, one more problem uh, that we'll have to add in here with uh, what he was just saying, and then we're done, and we'll get the voting out of the way, uh, is from the Washington Post associated with what we just talked about. <clears throat> from the Washington Post, Biden's false claim that congressional Republicans want to raise taxes. This is interesting from, from the Washington from Post. From the Washington Post. The facts. In February, Rick Scott released a 60-page... 11-point plan to rescue America that offered 128 proposals. In his introductory letter, he noted that, quote, this plan is not for the faint of heart, that's for sure, buried on page 34 at the end of a long list of ways purported to combat socialism was the idea, quote, all Americans should pay some income tax to have skin in the game, even if it's a small amount. Currently, over half of Americans pay no income tax. Some Republicans, which is all the billionaires. <laughs> some, some Republicans, such as Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ron McDaniel, have broadly praised Scott for delivering a policy document. But as far as we can tell, this is the WAPO. Not a single other Republican in Congress has embraced Scott's specific tax proposal. Politico contacted 27 Republican Senate campaigns asking whether their candidate agreed with Scott's income tax proposal, and none endorsed it. The other four members of the Senate leadership, including McConnell, either directly or implicitly criticized Scott for the plan. McConnell said, We will not have as part of our agenda a bill that raises taxes on half of the American people and sunsets Social Security and Medicare within five years. He said that will not be part of a Republican Senate majority agenda. Okay, so that's from the WAPO. Right but there. This was all Republicans. Yeah, so this is a proposal but this wasn't even a bill by the way it was just a document talking about different policies and they picked one of them out of there from back in february that no other republicans have signed on to or even thought it was a good should. idea even though they should even though they should actually and it's not because of the paying taxes part the main part in there is that he would get rid of the tax credit that ends up with you getting paid money by the federal government at the end of the year even if you have no income would even it out at the end of the year but no one signed on to it and Biden just said in that speech that he couldn't believe that a majority of Republicans were in favor of this. Okay. The majority of the ultra MAGA. This is good. Charlie, let me see what we got. Yeah, go ahead with this one so I can do the soccer one that's right, short. Here we go. <laughs> this is from Joe Luman. Yeah. Lu Luaman. She says, I would rather get an abortion than have a brown child who ends up being adopted by white evangelicals. It is not a kindness to children of the global majority to give them to people who will traumatize them with self and ancestral hatred. And abortion is an act of love. Which, by the way, is crazy because one of the arguments <laughs> for abortion... Are you sure it's crazy, Charlie? Are you sure? Well, one of the arguments for abortion is that there's all these poor people and there's no one to adopt. Like, who's going to adopt them? Like, that's one of their arguments for it. And it's like, well, now they want to sift through who can adopt kids. Now, the, <laughs> Wait, the, 
Maybe you'll get there. Hold on. Uh, maybe I'll get there. I just there. have this idea. I don't want to. I don't want to okay. say it before you do. Well, so now they want <clears throat> to decide who can adopt and who cannot adopt. And look, there there is something to say about some religious folks that do create some childhood trauma, right? There are some preachers out there, I would say, that that have some ridiculous um, things that can cause childhood trauma. But that it's also for the kid to have the chance to grow up, and then they can change their minds later. You know, like, it, you can't... They want to control every single it, situation. Is that the religious aspect of it, or is it the racial aspect of it? Are you talking about the evangelical part? I haven't even or, got to the racial part Or because part they're yet. white evangelicals. Right. Because it could be black evangelicals. Like, I guess you know, that would be fine. Is that okay? So I'm wondering if the religious her, is there part of the religion maybe that makes the white person hate the, uh, what she say, brown child? I don't know. It's self and ancestral <clears throat> hatred. Yeah. So The other part is, uh, we were just playing that clip from MSNBC the other day where they were uh, just bringing up the point that, well, you know, white people prefer to adopt white babies. You know, that's a big problem that we have. Oh, and then, yeah. like, in the same week, we get this saying, well, I, would, I don't want a white person to adopt a brown baby. I'd rather kill the kid instead. <laughs> it's a great idea. I'd rather it's kill the kid. Love. So at the same time, it's bad, you know, that white people want to adopt white babies. Yeah. And also, in general, is what we're saying, okay? Uh, but also, at the same time, you should kill the kid instead, save them from that mm. uh, hatred, apparently. Now, Matt Walsh got involved. That's yes. why this ended up on the radar. Okay. So, Matt uh, quote tweeted this. He said, so you're racist along with being a homicidal, soulless, baby-killing ghoul. Got it. Thanks. Ghoul. Sorry, ghoul. Got it. Thanks. And then he... Uh, oh, my bad. He tweets again and says, I'd rather my child be dead than raised by a race I despise. These are the sorts of things these goblins are willing to actually say out loud. We are fighting against pure, unadulterated evil. And she said, and she replies and says, I said white evangelicals. That's not a race, Matt. <laughs> Why are you saying white? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then she got very upset. Of course, she's scared. All right, now, okay. Be, well, because she's, she's been attacked, attacked online. Mm -hmm. She said, "I am genuinely panicking." Last time, a conservative like a conservative Millen and Matt Walsh blog quote tweeted me. I got death threats with my address and the names of my children, and I won't be silenced. But I'm begging them to please tell their followers to be decent. Now, I don't think you should send death threats to people no i disagree with that but also like you you're putting ideas out there in the world and people should dissent and tell you how stupid you are yeah so also when it comes to the death threats i mean she's kind of throwing this idea out there that if you are a uh, a brown person and you have a baby or you're mm -hmm. pregnant and you want the baby here's the decision you should make you should kill the baby because it's better than them being raised by a white person. Yeah, I don't know why she fears yeah. her children. It's, she <laughs> probably should have just aborted them. Yeah. That way she wouldn't have to fear any death threats for her it's children. It's okay for her to raise their children. Yeah. yeah. It's the other people that are the problem. <laughs> okay, that was number seven. I hope you enjoyed this recap episode. Once again, you can vote on these to get to a dumb bleep of the year by going to joingml.com. It's $6 per month. 
There's a bunch of really fun people in the group. We have tons of different channels uh, pertaining to different subjects. You can post news. We have a dumb bleep channel. We got a meme channel. We got stuff where people just talk about stuff that's off topic. And then, of course, you get to watch for all of our live episodes throughout the week. So that's joingmail.com. That's where you listen. And if you're not going to do that, you might as well make sure you're here for Dumb Bleep of the Year, which is going to be on December 30th. Thank you.